Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of According to RP on WJMS Radio. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I hope you guys are striving, thriving, and surviving in these streets. So today is June 21st. It's the official start of summer. We are now in summer solstice. So happy summer, everyone. I hope you guys take the opportunity to enjoy this weather while you can. Despite everything that's going on outside, take some time to go to the park. I don't know about the beach. I don't know what's happening over there. But go to the park. Take a walk around the block. Just do something. Get some fresh air and enjoy this beautiful, beautiful weather. Today is also Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all of the men out there that are taking care of their own, taking care of someone else's, serving as mentors in our community. We love you. We appreciate you. Despite everything that's going on, black fathers do matter. We do honor you. We do love you. We do appreciate you. And we will continue fighting for you regardless. Right. So I just want to put that out there because I know. Every year, there's this movement. I think I talked about it on the last episode. There's this movement to to erase Father's Day, to change Father's Day. Um, you have a lot of single mothers that are saying, you know what, it's 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 my day too. And I and I understand where some people are coming from. You have situations where you have mothers who are both mothers and fathers, right? But we have Mother's Day. And I think that that's enough for us, right? Every single day we are a mother, every single day we are, you know, we should be honored. But I think that we need to stop trying to take away from the men because there are amazing men out there who are taking care of their own children, taking care of other people's children, and they are serving. We have uncles, we have, you know, brothers, we have nephews, we have cousins that are out there, you know, filling filling roles, right? Stepping up and being the men. In, in people's lives. You know, I didn't grow up with my father, but I was blessed enough to have uncles and cousins who stood up, you know, whenever they they saw that I needed that 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 push, whenever they felt like they I needed that male presence, they stood up and they were there for me and they served as father figures for me. And I've, you know, through the years I've encountered many mentors who have served as father figures for me over the years. And so it's really, really important that we give Give the credit and we give the respect where it's due and not take away from what is happening in these streets. We have men who are taking care of their own and the community and we cannot diminish that. We cannot diminish that at all. So um, this, you know, there should be <laughs> one day is not enough to celebrate Mother's Day or Father's Day, in my opinion. And like I said, every day is a Mother's Day and Father's Day. But today in particular, we are honoring the fathers and we are not taking away from that. So 
With that being said, today's show is on fatherhood and mentorship. I have an amazing guest by the name of Francois Gentil. He and I go way back. He's going to come on. He's going to talk about the importance of mentorship. He's going to talk about his personal experiences as a young father. And he's going to talk about, you know, even with his background growing up, you know, having father figures and how important that 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 is, you know, to a young person, how important that is to have the presence of a man, the presence of a male in the lives of our children. And even those of us who are adults, again, who did not really grow up with our fathers, um, the importance of having a male role model, whether it have been an uncle a cousin, even a professor, if it, if it happened later on in life, uh, the importance of the male presence. So we're going to go into that conversation. So you definitely want to keep it locked for that. But before we get into the meat of the show, you know that we have our preliminaries. So it is now time for the Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? May I have the definition? Uh what does keep keep mean? What's on fleek? Can you read it in a sentence? I didn't want fleek to lit. And it's gonna be lit. Major key. It's time for the Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. So this week's Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week is COVID speak easy. The definition reads an unlawful gathering spot to drink and socialize during the COVID crisis. Example, we are heading to the ice rink to party on Saturday. That place is a regular COVID speakeasy. Now, I have not been to any COVID speakeasies during this pandemic. However, I'm not necessarily... Consider I'm not necessarily focusing on the the drinking spots, right? As we find that a lot of restaurants are now selling alcohol to go. What I have noticed in terms of a COVID speakeasy is the barber shops, nail shops, and hair shops and makeup shops that have been occurring, that have been, you know, quote unquote open in people's basements or cellars. During the COVID crisis, I am on social media every single day, every hour of the day, scouring for news so that I can, you know, repost and share to you all and to inform myself. And I have seen people, I have seen women with beat faces, women who I know cannot do their own makeup, women who I know cannot sew in their own weave or, you know, gel down their own wig looking on point. I have seen nails in these streets, on point, no need for a fill, like they just got done, right? I have seen men who, again, that I know from following Instagram stories of the past, that they do not know how to cut their own hair. They do not know how to give themselves a lineup slash shape up, however you guys say it. They do not know how to trim their beard, and they have been looking fresh to death. So, I believe that a lot of the COVID speakeasies that have been going on were not necessarily of the drinking and alcohol persuasion, but they have been in the realm of self-care, the pedicure persuasion, the manicure persuasion, the barbershop persuasion. That's what I've been observing. I've been keeping my eyes and I was just like the other day I was not the other day, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I was walking around. This is before phase one and I saw this girl and I'm like. 
those nails, they're not press-on. These nails were just done. These nails were just done. So I truly believe that there have been some underground speakeasies, underground barbershops, underground hair studios and nail studios that have been going on during the COVID crisis. And listen, I get it. We have to make our money however we have to make our money. We got to do what we got to do. But I truly believe that there has been some sort of underground situation happening these last couple of months. Either way, COVID speakeasy, that is the word or phrase of the week. So we are now on to the big up of the week. So this week's big up of the week goes to the curators and the founders of Freedom March NYC. So I've seen the certain posts of a Freedom March NYC here and there. And I believe that there, you know, there were a couple of Instagram um, interviews that were done with the two women who have founded um, the Freedom March NYC. But the reason that I'm giving them a big up uh, today is because last Friday on Juneteenth, I actually was out in these streets. I had no no plans to really go out and be part of anything. Uh, but I found myself in these streets. I've I've become like a social justice um, ipav. <laughs> ipav is kind of like somebody who's just always in the streets, always, you know, looking for something to do. Somebody who's always, always out there in the mix. Right. And so I found myself being a social justice, like mixy in a sense, uh, even though I swore I would not be out in these streets like that. But, you know, when the spirit moves, you have to, you know, you have to listen. Right. So um, Friday, I believe in the morning, 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. Council um, woman Farrah Lewis had an event for Juneteenth that took place in front of the Brooklyn uh, Public Library. And so I had anticipated going there. And so I did. I got there around 11 o'clock. It was an amazing, amazing program. Papoose was there. I was so happy to see him. I, I love him um, as an artist, but also just listening to, you know, what he created uh, for for the event. And so I had a good time and I thought that I was going to go home after that. But I remember seeing a flyer and I think I might have even re reposted it, a flyer for an event that was going to take place in front of the Brooklyn Museum, which is only a few steps away. And I didn't know, I guess I didn't pay attention. I didn't know it was going to be a march. I just thought it was going to be a gathering. So I actually attended that. And next thing you know, I was in a march to Prospect Park. But I wanted to big up these uh, two women, these organizers of the Freedom March, because we are seeing young people show up and show out in a positive way for social justice. And I love seeing young people taking their energy, taking their talents and fighting for their futures, right? They're fighting for a better tomorrow for themselves. They're fighting for us, those of us who are a little older. They're fighting for for their children's children. You know, they're really out here um, fighting the good fight. And so I wanted to make sure that I big them up because a lot of times we see 
you know, we're, we're bigging up all sorts of people, right? We're, we're, we're building, you know, we're bigging up the adults, we're building up organizations, we're building up foundations, we're building up celebrities. But I think it's important that our local youth that are out here fighting the good fight that we big them up. So one of the, um, I don't remember if I have both of the names, but I know that one of the uh, founders of the Freedom March NYC is Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Miller. And so it was just amazing to see her. And I believe it's her sister because they look very much alike um, standing at the forefront and leading the youth. And there were so many people that were in front of the Brooklyn Museum that, you know, partook in this march to Prospect Park. And I mean, I've organized some of these things in the past and it's, it's not an easy task. It's not an easy task to go ahead and plan these things and to have the dedication and the tenacity to do such things. And so I definitely congratulate these young women. They could have been doing anything, but instead they use their talents and they use their fight to advance the cause. And so I think that it, you know, I think that it, it, it's big up worthy. And I really look forward to seeing what these young women, um, you know, you know, go on to do in the future. And I do ask that we support that we support these young women who who have, you know, created Freedom, um, Freedom March NYC. I think it's important that we continue to support them. We continue to be pillars for them and we assist them in any way that we can, whether it be volunteer, whether it be donating money. Um, just to further the cause. So big up to you all. So today I'm not going to have a womp womp of the week because I want to keep things on a positive note. <laughs> Every week we have a womp womp of the week. Sometimes they're entertaining. Sometimes they're just despicable. Other times they're just so sad. We don't know what to do ourselves after hearing about them. But there's been a lot of tomfoolery in the news in the last couple of weeks. I mean, even was it yesterday? Um, Pre President Trump had his town hall, as I call it, because apparently it was not well attended. Um, but he had his rally um, yesterday. And so and a lot of craziness, a lot of ridiculous rhetoric came out of that. But I don't want to focus too much on the negative. I think that, you know, where I wanted to end <laughs> end our segments on a positive note. Um, this week and, and next week, you know, we'll get back to the womp womp of the week. Hopefully I can find something that's both entertaining and uh, ridiculous at the same time. Nothing too sad or, you know, or I don't know, soul crushing. But either way, we are now on to the meat of the show. All right, everyone. I'm here with my very special guest, Francois Gentil, a.k.a. Frankie. Frankie, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. No, of course. Of course. It's about time, right? It's about time that you get your turn. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm an avid listener. I'm an <laughs> avid listener to the podcast. I, I'm so happy that you reached out. Of course. Frankie is a, is a family friend. And so, you know, slowly but surely, we have the family making their appearances on the show. So... <laughs> <laughs> So sure. I, I'm happy to have you on and happy Father's Day, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I have a little boy and I have a, another little boy on the way in July. So I'm pretty excited for that. Yes. Congratulations to you and your wife. Thank so, you. Thank you. Um, you know, since today is Father's Day, I wanted to have a Father's Day special to commemorate the, the men, the awesome men that are, you know, taking care of their own, the awesome men who are serving as father figures to, you know, not this, just their children, but 
to other kids in the community. We have a lot of men who are taking care of kids that are not theirs, that are stepping up to the plate, a lot of uncles, a lot of brothers, cousins that are stepping in and serving as father figures um, to their, you know, to their, to their nieces, their cousins, their daughters, et cetera. So we definitely, you know, with everything going on with black men right now, we're trying to do our best to, to celebrate and unlift, uplift the black men that we have in our communities that are really doing their thing. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, man. I think Father's Day is, should be celebrated uh, now more than ever. I think uh, any opportunity to, you know, celebrate, um, to celebrate in this day and age. I mean, with COVID running around with so many people that we've lost and with uh, all the inequality that's going on, all the death, there's so much death, but uh, uh, I'm, I look forward to the, the moments that we have something to celebrate, such as Father's Day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you there. So, Frankie, tell us a little bit about who you are. What do you do? Where you're from? Okay. I am Francois Oxygenti Le Caprième, the fourth for uh, the English speakers. Uh, and I, um, everybody calls me Frankie. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, and then I finished up my high school career in Queens. Still currently live in Queens. I'm a father of one and expecting an, a father of one boy and expecting another boy on the way in July. Um, I'm a son of five boys, um, no sisters. Uh, I have uh, my dad is a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. We had a church on Cotillo Road in Flowers in Brooklyn. Um, it just, I, so I come from a long line of uh, Haitian powerful Haitian men, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> my my great-great-grandfather uh, composed the Haitian National Anthem. That's where oh, I got wow. my name from. I didn't so even Oxy know that, Francois. So Oxy Gentry is the composer of the Haitian National Anthem. <clears throat> A I'm lot of speaking people to royalty. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to uh, Haitian royalty. Uh, you know what? You know what? You know, I, I, I take it with a grain of salt. I take under it with my a nose. Of salt. <laughs> <laughs> You've been under my nose all this time. <laughs> This whole time, you know, I try, I try to, I try to pass without, you know, making any stink of it. But you know, with uh, with that, that's my whole lineage. But me as a person, um, I have a uh, extensive experience in government. I worked for Rodney Spichot, who's now the county uh, leader for the Democratic Party in Brooklyn for over four years as a <clears throat> as the director of constituent services. Uh, where she was assembly member. I worked for Arf Wilson Consulting as a project manager for two years. And I've just been in community affairs for the better half of 10 years and plus. I also previously before that, my first job was working with the Jewish Community Relations Council mm -hmm. as a liaison between the Haitian community and the Jewish community. So I've always been advocating for our community, our Haitian community, in one way or another, whether it be through uh, the literature or through a nonprofit organization. Um, I've always been uh, trying to get my foot in the door to get everybody else to, um, you know, make their way in. Uh, another thing I could say about myself is um, I'm always, I'm always trying, like I said, I'm always trying to put people on. I'm always trying to put people on. Everybody calls me like, hey, Frank, yo, you think you could put my friend in this job? My, oh, I'm looking for somebody to fulfill this uh, position. I'm always the go-to guy. If you, whether you need shoes, shoelaces, or a uh, director <laughs> of constituent services, I'm your guy. You're I can broker. get it all for you. 
I'm the broker. The broker, yes. I am the broker um, within my community. And I take pride in it. I take pride in it. That's what, yeah, I, I mean, if that, that's me in a nutshell. Yes. Could, uh, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Well, you definitely do a lot for the community. I, like I said, I've known Frankie for a very long time. He's part of the family. He's always been the go-to person, always the individual whenever you need something. he If he doesn't know how to get it, he's going to figure out how to get it for you. Um, so he's definitely that go-to person, and he's been very active in the community and a mentor to many as well. Um, a lot of our young boys, you know, in our community, you've been such a great mentor to them. And so with today's conversation, you know, discussing Father's Day, the importance of Father's Day, why particularly now we should really, really make a big deal about Father's Day, especially for our Black fathers. I thought that you would be a great uh, person to have on the show because you're a young father. And when I say young, I'm not saying you're a teen father, but you know what I mean. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're a young father and you've come from a strong lineage of men. You know, a lot of individuals who may be listening to this show, unfortunately, you know, either did not have their actual fathers in their lives and they had father figures come from different sources. But I think that your experience, you know, being raised, but, you know, having your grandfather in your life, your father in your life, you being a father now of two, you know, of, of, of one boy now and about to be a father of another boy number two come next month. I would love to get your take on what fatherhood means to you, particularly in this, in this climate. Oh, uh, okay. Well, you—that was a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> I always, I, I always have a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> but to answer your question, um, what Father's Day means to me within this day and age is—it's um, very important. Um, the absence, the presence of a father in a home is so imperative nowadays because there's. Um, I, before I say what I'm about to say, I have to do a disclaimer because everybody, a lot of people have strong views about certain things. So I need to make things clear. My mother was an amazing woman. Uh, God rest her soul. She passed away when I was in ninth grade, but my mom was just amazing. She was probably one of the toughest people. Forget women. She was probably one of the toughest people you've ever met in your life. She's tougher than my dad. Like my mom was just, just it like she there's nothing that you threw at her there's no there was no thug on the street that wasn't afraid of her everybody would always just see her when they would see us they was it's not that they were scared of us they were scared to deal with my mom if they you know if anybody if anything happened to us so that's why we were always kind of protected i just i just want to i want i just wanted to be able to portray that picture for you just to show you that how strong of a woman my mother was and how much she instilled instilled so many core values that I had today. But with all that being said, she still couldn't teach me how to be a man. Mm. She still couldn't teach me how to be a man in the way that I needed to, because there's certain things that she just would not experience because she herself was not a man. There's certain things she would not, she can give me the other side of it, if it was like how to talk to a girl, my mind, this is how girls want to be want to be talked to. But she doesn't understand the nervousness that a guy has for talking to, uh, to for talking to a girl. My dad taught me that. My dad was like, "Yeah, I know you're nervous, but this is what you do. This is what you do, so not offend." When what, he he gave me the ins and outs on from the male's perspective, and I think that's extremely important. 
like because when someone sees especially for young black men because when someone sees a young black male especially if i can go on this topic police when they see a young black male there's a certain image and there's a certain stereotype that's already within their head and my father and his brothers and his father has dealt with that type of oppression and opposition and they know because they are male not just because they're black males not just because they're black because they're black males there's a certain way that the cops try to bait you into things there's a certain way that cop tries to bait your anger there's a certain way that well situations like they come up and because i am a byproduct of my father and i am a man only he can show me how to navigate those waters So for every father that is present within their children's life, especially their son's life, especially their son's life, I celebrate you. Happy Father's Day. Uh, and I don't I don't want that to be taken away. I don't want I don't I don't want that that to be diminished in any way. I know a lot of people always say something like, What about the single mothers and yeah. what about the uh, you know, what about the people who don't have fathers in the home? They have father figures. That's they true. They got father figures. That's true. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, and I'll give you a perfect example. My god brother, Jerry. I have a god brother named Jerry. And he, his father figure was my uncle, Junior. He was my next door neighbor. Uh, my god brother, Jerry, was my next door neighbor. And my, as tough as my mom was, everybody loved my mom. Like I told you, as tough as my mm-hmm. mom was. Somebody needed to teach him things from the male perspective. Yeah. And it's important for a man to raise a man. It's important for a a daughter to have a mother. Yeah. Like these things, people don't like to talk about these things, but these, these things are important. Why? Because it gives an appropriate perspective on what that individual is dealing with and how they can now pass down the knowledge so where the knowledge is used in its appropriate context for that young man or that young woman to carry out. So Mother's Day is just important as Father's Day. I don't think, you know, one is more important than the other, but I think each of them should have their separate praise equally, equally. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with you there. I mean, I'm I'm a single mother, but the father of my son is is very present, you know, in his life. Even though he's clear across the country, he still makes his presence known with my son. There are a lot of things that my son will not talk to me about that he will only talk to his father about. And at first that hurt a little bit, but then I realized that, you know, my son, he's 13. He is coming into, you know, he's, he's going through puberty. He's coming into um, a, a time of maturity. There are things that he already innately knows, you know, this is not a mom topic. This is a, a dad topic, right? And I think that, you know, a lot of single mothers out there, you know, it, 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 it's hard for us to really comprehend that because you're like, this is my child. And mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I should be the one to be able to teach them and to rear them and to set them up for the future. Um, but I think that your point is is well made that, you know, as a male, as a boy, like there are certain experiences that that are only understood by another male. And so right. take so I think that we do need to 
not diminish Father's Day. And we, and we need to kind of give it the props because I, I've seen a lot of these movements. The other day I was reading something, but this has been going on for years where, you know, these feminist groups and these uh, women are, are finding, especially now with, you know, the gender identities being what they are now, you know, people are asking for a repeal of like Father's Day. They they want to rename it, yeah. not call it Father's Day. And all of that takes away from everything that you said, right? That, that mm-hmm. essence of being a, a male and, and the presence that uh, fathers and father figures have in the lives of their sons, uh, the boys that, you know, that they encounter, but even even the, the daughters, right? For For young women, it's really important to have a father mm-hmm. figure because even though we're not going through those experiences, we have different experiences where if we had the voice of a man guiding us, a lot of us would not have gone through certain horrible experience or we would not have certain viewpoints. We would know how to date. We'd know how to be, you know, wives. We'd know we'd have, we'd, we'd be prepared, think better prepared for society so I think we underestimate the the importance of the the male role in in uh, you know in our lives. So I think you know everything right. you said was just on point. Yeah, it's it, 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 I think both roles are um, don't get the credit that they deserve. Whether it's a single father raising children or a mother single mother raising children, I think um, for a mother and a son relationship, there's a certain level. For, for a mother and a son or a father and a daughter relationship, there's a certain level of coddling that is needed, mm-hmm. right? There's a certain level of coddling that is needed. And the areas where there, there doesn't need it, you're not supposed to coddle and you're supposed to, your child is supposed to walk through the fire. Like say if it's your daughter, only her mother can walk her through that fire. Yeah. And if it's a young man, only his father or a father figure can walk him through that fire. Reason being is, I'm a man. If 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 I if I was if I was a single father, right, and I had a daughter, and I had three daughters, I can't. I I could do all the reading in the world about a menstrual cycle. I won't be able to. Do, I could I could read. I could give a textbook. Uh, a definition of of what you're experiencing. Read, what, but I don't know what it feels like. I can't give you the. I can't describe the sensation. I won't even be able to 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 be empathetic. I can't do that. All mm-hmm. I can be like, mm, yeah, I know it hurts, but I'm not. I'm. There's a certain level. There's a gap. There's a knowledge gap, and there's an empathy gap because you don't know that that's not your experience, and yeah. you will never touch that lane. You'll never touch it. And this is why you need to allow that open door if you are a single parent for mentorship. Mm-hmm. You need to open that door for mentorship. And a lot of people get um, get offended. You know, so let me tell you a story. My dad, right? And even with men, my dad got offended when I told him, hey, dad, I got a mentor. Mm. And it was just like, my dad was like, the heck you, the hell you mean you got a mentor? I, I, like, I raised all five of y'all on my own. Like, what you, what you mean? Your mom passed and I did all that I could. Like, I'm not good enough. It's not that you're not good enough. You've brought me to the point where I needed to be. And even, and, and this is so crazy. Even as a man, there's certain experiences my father has not experienced. My father's from Haiti. Yeah. He grew up in Haiti. 
he came to America. He doesn't under he understands the culture of 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 America to a certain extent, but he won't understand it in its entirety as someone who was born here. Mm-hmm. He won't he won't get it. He, there's certain things he just won't get, and there's certain and he when he relinquished me to my mentor. And he he was like, he finally, because before he was like, no, you can't go though. You can't do that. No, you can't do that. But once he saw that there was a lot of positive reinforcement yeah. with the person that was mentoring me, he was like, ah, yeah. I mean, so, so for translation, for those of you who are listening who are English, <laughs> my dad was like, you know, this, this guy is actually not that bad. He, he's a good guy. You know, I'm going to let you go and do what you got to do. Um, and I, I'm saying all this to say um, it's important to open your mind to mentorship as parents, as parents. It's important to open your mind to mentorship for your children, whether it be your son finding another male figure or your daughter finding another um, uh, 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 mother figure for her to father, follow. It's not diminishing anything that you have put in their lives. Mm-hmm. It's only adding because there's there's certain experiences that your daughter won't, your daughter, you have not, your daughter's going to experience that you're not even going to be able to connect with. Exactly. And that's where, that's where mentorship fills that gap. You know, I, I mean, of course, vet your kids' mentors. Please, vet, vet please them. do. We don't want any issues. <laughs> no, no, please, we don't want any issues. Vet, vet your kids' mentors. However, you want to be able to also relinquish that and, and, and let go of the reins and let your kids fly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's definitely um, a good point there. I don't think a lot of parents are really thinking about mentorship, even though we have mentors, you know, our generation, at least we have mentors for our own. Like we went to school, we got mentors through college or we had mentors, you know, from the workplace, but we don't think about mentorship for our children that even at this young age, mm-hmm it's not too you know, early to get a mentor and to get them on that path. Right. Right? Now we're living through crazy times, right? With everything that's going on right now, social unrest is high. The tensions are high. Uh, injustice is, you know, I mean, injustice has always been here, but it's, it's mm-hmm. back in the forefront again, right? Back in our face yeah. again. And we're all out here trying to fight the good fight. As a father of, of, you know, of a boy right now, and you, again, you're about to have a, a new son. I'm just going to say as a father of two. <laughs> I know some people don't like to put these things out there. You know, they, you know, there's superstitions it's around it, but he's, it is what it he's is. Coming next, he's coming next month. He's, he's coming next month. He's here in Jesus' name. So right. as, a, as a father of, 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 of young males, right, of, of a son right now, I mean, right now, let's talk about the son that, that you, that, that's here. You have this young son and, you know, you can talk about, you know, and think about the experiences you've gone through as a young black male, uh, particularly living in, you know, New York City, what you've encountered, what you've seen, the injustices that you've suffered yourself, you know, your family has, 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 um, has uh, suffered. And thinking about the future for your child, how, how important is it for you to be involved in this movement that's going on right now, this movement, this fight for justice, how important, particularly coming from the lens of a father, is it for you to, to really respond to what's happening now? Um, this is actually really heavy on my heart uh, two weeks ago. The, the week 
where the video came out of George Floyd and the response, it, it wasn't, we've seen the killings before and I'm not diminishing any of the killings. I'm not because all of them are horrific and horrendous. But what was different with George Floyd was that it was just blatant, like disregard for humanity, what the officer did and took his life. And still, there were some people who were saying, well, George Floyd had an extensive criminal uh, record and uh, George Floyd wasn't a great person. And I was, uh, and I'm, and I'm looking at him like, so that is okay for his life to be taken. And then, and I thought about it. I thought about all the experiences I had, and I'm saying, oh my God, I have two black kids, mm-hmm. two black boys, and I just started crying because it's like, if the if this is our world today, what am I bringing my kids into? What am I doing? Yep. And it's almost like I almost had a regret of getting my wife pregnant. It was just like, why would I do this in this time? Mm-hmm. Like, why would, why? What? And then another thought came immediately after. It's like, so do something about it. Do something about it. It, it. It's not enough for me to just be scared. I have to do something about it. I have to be an agent of change. Mm-hmm. How am I being an agent of change? I am making sure I'm doing everything in my power to help my legislators push forth effective legislation to to make systemic change. Uh, what am what else am I doing? I'm doing the each one teach one routine, meaning the the young the young men that are under me, the young men that come to me for advice, I'm letting them know what my experiences were and how to bring forth training, how to push the bar up and and letting them know how to how to deal with police. Not don't deal with police the way I did, although I didn't do a bad job, but there's a better way. And 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 there's a there's a way for us to demand change. And there's a there's a way for us to organize, getting them in the door earlier than I was. I started in politics at the age of what, 16? Mm-hmm. I'm getting people at the age of 10 yeah. understanding what an assembly member is now. I'm getting young men at the age of, of my little brother is 10 years old. I'm get, he, under, he understands local government better than a high schooler right now. He understands who's a, a state uh, committee district leader. He understands what, what their role is in conjunction to uh, assembly person and what what the role is uh, for city council and the mayor. Uh, he understands all of it. He understands the three level of government, federal, state, and, and and local city government. And the reason being for that is the more knowledge that they have, the less the less BS that can be put in front of them. Mm-hmm. And and I'm realizing. There was a lot of situations that happened to me when I was younger. Had I had the knowledge, had I had the knowledge, it'd be like, oh, oh, you're not a, no, I'm not, I'm not stupid. I know what I'm doing. You're not going to scare me. Your, your intimidation is not going to scare me into doing something that is going to cause me to be a statistic. No, that's not going to happen. Oh no, I do have the right to remain silent. Oh, you want to hit me? That's fine. I'll get a million dollars. That's fine. I'll sue you in the whole police department. That's fine. And when you are armed with that knowledge, you have power. 
I don't know if you've seen uh, like a lot of these videos where there'll be that one hood guy that they didn't expect to know his law. Oh yeah. Back of it. Oh my yep. gosh. Those videos are like the, I, those videos, I, I get so much satisfaction from because it's like, they're regurgitating the law to an officer that doesn't even know the law and they, they have to know. Google it and they have to Google it. And it's like, yo, this is what it is. This, but imagine we, we're not even dealing with the, um, the, the, the officers anymore. Imagine we have young men who are understanding the law at a very young age, but by the time that they're in high school, they're sitting down with their local elected officials and they're demanding laws that will, 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 um, it will demand systemic change within their education system as young black men. Mm-hmm. What if they're able to see within their education system with you, un- with you giving them the, the, the system and the school telling them we can't do that? Like, really? Did we speak to the council member about it? Like, you understand? Like, if they had that knowledge, like, oh, we don't have, what's wrong with our books? Yeah, you know, the school, we're not getting money. Did we speak to the council member about mm-hmm. it? Did we speak to our assembly? Who are we getting our funding from? If kids are giving this energy to their teachers, government has no choice but to respond. You know, and it's important to, uh, Frederick Douglass said something. He said, it's, uh, I forget the quote. He said, it's easier to build a strong, uh, a young man than it is to build a, a grown person mm-hmm. and a, a, grow, a grown adult. Meaning is if you give, if you set the foundation, if you set the foundation for these young men, if you set, like as a father, it's my, it's my duty to let my son know these are your rights. Not only these are your rights, these are how your rights work. Not only are these, if you want to change these rights, this is how you go about doing it. And I'm doing my part by, do, by doing the mentorship, by, by leading these young men uh, into what they need to know. And also, for the gaps that I don't understand and for the things that I don't know, because I don't know everything, I go find myself, I go speak to my mentor. And he speaks to his mentor and it becomes a chain. Mm-hmm. And, and this is why uh, uh, it's important to have that that sense of, of mentorship and, and, and father uh, and fatherhood. Uh, the crazy thing about it is, and, and you're going to laugh. My father couldn't understand why I had a mentor, but yet he was mentored. He was a mentor to many. Hmm. And, and, and I think that was the reason why he had a, a big chip on his show. He's like, like, all these people come to me for advice. I don't know why you not, why you can't come <laughs> to me for advice. I don't understand. Like everybody comes to me for advice. And it's like, yeah, dad, just like you understand, everybody comes to your advice. And those people, some of those people have fathers. Yeah. Some of those people's fathers are ministers and you're a co-pastor, but they come to you for advice. It's not that their their father is less than you. They just need another perspective. The experience of your life and their life coincides. And there's a part where you've, and if your child needs a mentor, that's good because it means progression. Yeah. It means that, you have catapulted your son or your child to a place where there's a certain part of your life and your suffering that they did not have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then you have to now, they now have to find a mentor that will catapult them into their new life of things that you have, you, you set the foundation for. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? So this is extremely important for parents to do. I think, I think oh, the, 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 the underlying message I'm having today, what's important for fathers is to 
set the foundation, but don't be afraid to let your seeds grow. Mm. And how you let your seeds grow is you leave it. You don't you don't sit there over the plant. You don't put a seed in in the plant in the soil, water it, and you sit there and watch it. No, you go about your business. You go about your day. You let the sun tend to the plant. You let the nutrients of the earth give it what it needs, and you allow it to grow. You create the environment for your child. You you make sure you 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 put it in an environment where it can flourish. That is your job to put your child in an environment where they can flourish and grow to their fullest potential. But then you allow the environment to feed that child. The environment could be the mentors that are around them. And, you know, we started off talking about just fatherhood, right? And what fatherhood means to you. And it's so interesting how this discussion of mentorship has been drawn out of that discussion. And like that parallel is made between you know, fatherhood and mentorship, right? Because I think a lot of people, when they engage in the discussion about fatherhood and what it means to be a father, they really just focus on just the individual, right? Or that just, that concept of, you know, a father or father figure, you know, they don't really Mm -hmm. go into this idea of mentorship and especially, Mm -hmm. you know, the idea of mentorship for anyone under the age of like 21, right? Right, right, Um, right. You know, when people think about mentors, they're thinking about, oh, somebody that, you know, their college professor, they're thinking about their employer or somebody within mm-hmm. the employment realm. But I think that, you know, this discussion on mentorship and the importance of mentorship and the importance of fathers recognizing that, yes, I am my son's or my daughter's you know, father figure, I am there, but it's necessary for them to also have someone else to add, to add Mm -hmm. to their development. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's probably why, you know, you are where you are now. You had that strong father foundation in your house, Mm -hmm. but you were also fortunate enough to find mentors to nourish you and to pour into you, not really where your father lacked, but like you said, it's about experience, right? His experience is one of a man born and raised in Haiti who came to the United States, different set of struggles. You are a man born in this country facing struggles that he will never understand. Right. Right. Yeah. And and um, so to bring it back to the topic of discussion, I'm very passionate about mentorship. Uh, that's why I kind of went on that tangent. Mm-hmm. But uh, to bring it back to father to fatherhood, it's 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 important because um, fathers need to fatherhood is something that's extremely unique because you have many roles. You have the role to teach, give the experiences to your son, but you also have the role of protecting. You have the role of protecting, you have the role of, and people think, when I say protect, people think, automatically think it's a physical thing. And I'm not talking about that, not in the slightest bit. When I say protect, I mean, you need to protect your children's mind in the sense where you condition them to know how to provide for themselves. A mother can do this too, but it 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 is it's a it is a, a father's innate job. If all else fails, and I gotta and I gotta I gotta sell corn on the street to feed the family, I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of conditioning that 
fathers need to give to their children when when it means when it means protection they he needs to a father needs to give their kid the mentality of endurance the father needs to give their kid a mentality of of uh perseverance i mean a woman that can do this too but it's it, it's from a different angle and this is why i say both of them are very important a mother uh perspective of a mother perspective of a father if a daughter sees her father no matter what no matter how many times he loses his job no matter how many times they get evicted but if she always sees her father make sure that she always has a place to stay she always has food in her stomach even if her father would drop her off somewhere she always knew that she would be she would want for nothing that is the type of safety and protection mm. that a father needs to provide and it, it it's imperative that that happens it's imperative that a father it uh, does that with without without somebody telling him that and the crazy thing is the crazy thing is we have some fathers that don't understand that because they had they didn't have that exactly. they don't even have father figures and they still but the crazy thing is they still have that instinct which is which is blows my mind mm-hmm. which blows my mind i have a friend who he didn't grow up with his father he had all he had only aunts he didn't grow up with his father but his instinct as a man he's probably one of the most phenomenal men i've ever met in my life he he is like he is on it when i say he's on it with protecting and securing his family i'm not talking physically i'm talking about he's making sure his kids are educated they understand what education means he understands they understand finances not only that they understand finances they understand their rights as black people uh and and a black family they understand like he equips them to protect themselves yeah that's a father's job and a lot of people a lot of people um would diminish that and would argue yeah but a mother could uh do the same thing i'm not saying you can't but i'm saying where it's where it's an instinctive thing for male to do that and there's an instinctive thought process behind it mm-hmm. and there's a different approach behind each subject matter that a father can bring that a mother cannot bring and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you, you know, on that front. I mean, I think that there are a lot of arguments against that that there is this like equality when it comes to, you know, mothers and fathers that mothers can do exactly what fathers can do and then you'll you'll hear the argument vice versa as well too. I think, you know, circumstances uh, dictate that in many cases, but I think if we're talking about in general, there are things that a father brings to the table that a mother, even if she can, cannot do it to the same degree, right? Right. You might be able to do it. I mean, you have single mothers who are raising men all day, every day, and who are doing phenomenal jobs, but amazing jobs. But if there was an opportunity to be, to to have a man in that household or to have a a father figure um, picking up, I guess, some of the slack, you know, it begs the question, you know, how much further would this individual be? Not just on an intellectual level, but even on on a social level, right? When they're engaging with other individuals. And so I think everything that you said was, was definitely on point. And I think that as we're talking about fatherhood, 
it's important to talk about, you know, what a father's role is, right? What is their job? It's providing that sense of security and that sense of safety for their family, right? It's having young girls understand what a man is supposed to do, what, how a man is supposed to move, how a man is supposed to treat them. It's about young exactly. boys seeing their father's acting in a particular way toward their mother, seeing, you know, right. seeing that nurturing, um, seeing that, that protective and that um, providing happening. Right. So I think it's really important that we do keep continue these conversations and do these deep dives into right. what fatherhood is, what motherhood is and the importance of, 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 you know, both roles. But I think just highlighting the fact that, you know, fatherhood is is important and it should be respected in the same way that motherhood is respected, exactly. right? Exactly. Exactly. And I think both, both roles, I mean, we can't hold, we can't hold the kids for nine months. We don't do that. Our bodies are not set up that way, <laughs> but there's a certain level of, of, of mental, there's a, there's a certain way that we approach situations that, you know, mothers would not. And and another thing I wanted to say, I'm talking about all these positive things that fathers can do, but let me talk a little bit about some of the damaging things that fathers can mm. do. What every father needs to understand, whether you, you are a sperm donor, meaning you just got somebody pregnant, uh, or you're somebody you're just in the kid's life just to be say that you're present, understand that your influence over your children, whether they would like to admit it or not is extremely heavy. Mm. Your sense of approval and your and the, 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 the your seal of approval on certain things are heavily weighed in their conscience. People could act like it doesn't they don't care, you know, my father, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. But I promise you those same people that say I don't care, if they're if that person who they call father would give them the attention that they've sought for years in a way that they they wanted and longed for and probably prayed for and cried for, it would turn their world around. Influence of fathers are something it's it's something that it cannot be explained. It's something that the influence of, it's almost like, perfect example, my wife hates this, by the way. I, I love my wife, but she hates this, what I'm about to say. Meanwhile, I have to have a conversation about, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And my dad will say something and it's like, my dad will ask or he'll make a suggestion. But what my father doesn't understand is his suggestion is a directive. Like he, and it's like, and it's not even like a Caribbean thing. You know how sometimes Haitians or Caribbeans be like, you think you want to eat your food? It's not, it's not, it's not one of those mm -hmm. things. It's more, and more so like he's actually giving advice, but the weight of his advice and the weight of his counsel weighs so heavy on me. I make a decision based solely on that. Mm -hmm. And that's all fathers, whether you're a good father or a bad father. It weighs, whether they go with your decision or not, it still weighs yeah. equally as heavy. And 
even if you give advice and they're like, nah, F that, da, 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 and your child is doing that, it's because it weighs heavy. It's because it weighs heavy. Your influence is extremely important. And I think it's high time that young fathers and, and, and the people within our community who are, you know, you're having children and I'm not against it. Underst I just want you to understand that your, your level of influence on the child is so heavy that what you say to that child, how you act towards that child will shape its character and shape how they view life. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. I mean, you know, I d wasn't raised with my father in, in my house, but I had uh, several, you know, uncles that were father figures, but one in particular didn't even live in the same state as me. But once my mom said, I'm calling Uncle Eve, oh my gosh. It was a wrap. And, and he would have to drive like thousands of miles to come get us, first of all. So it wasn't an immediate threat. But that didn't matter. Because his influence, his, his voice was right. enough to bring fear into our lives. And exactly. it was like it dictated our actions. You know, it dictated our actions. I, I wasn't going to do X, Y, and Z because I don't know how Uncle Eve is going to interpret this. I don't know how Uncle right. Eve is going to see this. I don't see know how right. Uncle Lionel is going to see this. And I think that, and you know, I had my mom in the house giving threats, but it wasn't as powerful as the threats that I was, you know, the potential threat that I was getting from, you know, my uncles, right, who didn't even live in my house or who didn't even live in the vicinity of where I was. So I think that, you know, speaks, I think that's very true what you're saying, that the, that the influence of just the male voice, I mean, even with my son, like I had older women say, listen, it's time that kid needs a male voice. You can say anything right now, but it's that, it's like they need to hear, there comes a point in time in, in a kid's life where they need to hear that male voice. You need to, to hear to that. Hey. them up <laughs> <laughs> real quick to get them in order. Right. You know what's funny? Uh, my son will will be bothering my wife and like, mommy, yes, I'm, I'm like he'll, he likes this game where if you're sitting down, he'll use your leg as a slide. Mm. And my preg my poor pregnant wife, sometimes she's just trying to put her feet up. And he's like, oh, slide, mommy, slide. <laughs> and he's like, he's two years old, but he's big. And he's like sliding, and she's like, Francois, stop, Francois, stop. He's like, home, one more time, mommy, one more time, one more time. I'm all the way in the bathroom, all the way, and I'm hearing this. All I say is, hey, you better stop. And then from across the room, I hear, sorry, daddy. Mm. Like, you understand? Yep. There's just a certain level, like I, back to the level of influence that a father figure has and a father has upon their children and upon the people that's under you is it, it, second to none because that influence is what would drive the actions of a child and what if my dad could save the life of that child mm. could save the life of that child and people want to people want to dispute whether father's day should be father's day or not yes love father's day be father's day because we do we do deserve that because yeah. there's there's certain things that a mother can do 
And I would never take that away, but there's certain things that fathers can do and you could never take that away. But that's exactly what makes women and men equal. Yeah. It's because we complement each other to the T. Yeah. To the T. Yeah. And people would like to say, oh, a man can do everything a woman can do and a woman can do everything a man can do. That's not necessarily the case. Our genetics are not really made up that way. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, our emotions and our, and our thought processes is not made up that way. However, we're complemented that way. Yeah. We're complemented where we are equal where there should be equal pay, and I'm not going to get into all that. But, you know, <laughs> That's another podcast. Like, I'll bring you on. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, but there is, um, there is a level of expectation for, um, there is a level of expectation that children have from their fathers or father figures. There is a level of expectation. There's a level of wanting. There's a longing that they have for it. It may not be voiced, especially for those who've had uh, bad experiences, but it is wanted and it is needed. Yeah. It is needed a lot more than what people may think or perceive. It, it's something that it's needed within the black household, especially. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely needed. And I think that the reason that it's downplayed so much is because it's not there. Right. And so those of us who've been victim to, to, I guess the lack of, you know, male figure in the house, it's easier to just say, well, I don't care because it's not present. Right. So it's more of a defense mechanism than anything else. When we kind of, you know, shoo away um, this, this idea of, you know, the, the male uh, figure in the household, like this idea that, well, we don't care. We really do care, but we don't have it. So we got to figure out a way to, (laughs) a way to, you know, I guess suppress that desire. But Either way, I mean, Frankie, thank you so much for just coming on and really sharing your experience as a young father, um, you know, sharing your experience as a mentor and really bringing bringing home this point that mentorship is important and mentorship and fatherhood um, goes hand in hand. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on this show and, and, and to really just talk to us about this and to really open up some doors that we've never, you know, really talked about before. You know what? It is my pleasure. Um, anytime I'm very passionate about mentorship. I'm very passionate about fatherhood. Um, and it is my pleasure to be on this show and please have me back. Cause there's a whole lot more yes. that we can have on this conversation. This conversation is just the, well, we just touched the tip of the iceberg, but we can go so much deeper with this conversation but thank you for having me on the show uh i look forward to coming back on the show of course uh, if you don't if you've not subscribed to reader's world please it's subscribe. not reader's world <laughs> according to rp <laughs> according to rp then it wasn't a reader's world I have a Frida's world that's separate that's for professional women of color according to rp we talk about current issues social justice issues that's why you the man we take the shackles off yes oh we're taking the shackles off off. (laughs) (laughs) got it got it got it got it got it so if you have not subscribed to according to rp please do it's an amazing podcast i have been an avid listener to both Frida's world. And uh, according to RP, it's, it's, it's both amazing, amazing content. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of According to RP on WJMS Radio. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And with that being said, I will talk to you guys next week. 
You are listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. Can't wait to come back. So-